Welcome back to Nerds with a Creative Podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Charlie Morris and... Dalton Lewis. Dalton, and we have a special guest today. We do have a special guest. Please, introduce yourself. Hello, guys. I don't know whose camera I'm talking to. Ooh, I'm talking talking to, to, he's talking to us. I'm talking to three at one time right now. What's <laughs> um, so guys? I'm Roz. Uh, I'm a director, filmmaker, editor, designer, graphic designer, show promoter. Human being, that that yeah. is that is uh, quite Child possibly your most uh, one of your most impressive titles is the the show promoter one. That's hey, there we go. That is quite impressive. Um, so run it back. Who who are you? How did you get to where you were doing what you're doing? Uh, how how do you find yourself here today? Tell us your life story. So my name is Roz. Uh, I was born in Mississippi, and I grew up playing Call of Duty, and All so right. how I got in the video world was I had, like, this clan, like, on Call of Duty, mm. and we needed, like, a graphic designer to, like, make our, like, YouTube banners and, uh. and stuff, but we were too broke to pay anyone to do it, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to learn myself, and then, yeah, just that spiraled into doing, like, music stuff. Um, graphic design and then I was like oh I want a camera and then I started doing photos and then someone asked me to do a video and then here we are that's the short story nice 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 so the way trying to think the way I got introduced to you I think the first the first time I really I was doing a shoot for for Elias Uh, it was Elias and Jude and you uh, the only like really recollection I had at this time. I was like, I'd seen your name on Instagram a few times, but Elias was just like, yeah, uh, Ross is coming up here. And uh, I thought he was talking about Ross Millet. And I was like, okay, bro's coming down from like Kentucky just to hang out at a shoot. And he was like, no, nah, this dude's coming from uh, from Mississippi to come like take photos and then hang out. And I was like, driving from Mississippi? This dude's insane. Yeah. Um, and you pulled up the shoot. We got to hang out a little bit. And I think we got to hang out a little bit more that week. But I think that was my first like, introduction to you and then that was roughly around the time that you kind of started to pop off in that music space yeah that was like um so i had moved um to new york for a a little while and that was like the first time i actually left mississippi like doing like work besides Mm -hmm. like going to jude's house um and just kind of like meeting everybody so that was like the first time i got introduced to like our little like friend group that we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you guys have a name for your friend group? Are you like, like the music advocates, the losers it, club. The it's a, it's a cool dynamic. I would say interesting. It's this weird circle of divine outcast, bigger dreams club, Christian rap. Just combine that all aren't of those Christian things. rappers that don't want to be associated with Christian rap. Divine yeah. outcast. <laughs> Children, God, music club. Yeah. That that rolls off the tongue really I, nice. I think so. I don't know what that acronym is, but... Yeah. It's probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess from here, uh, the would you say your, your work with Jude is what kind of put you on the map? Had everybody know who you were? Um, definitely, like, 
introduced me to like a lot, a lot of different artists like people just started to notice like hey these guys are working like and um it's not garbage but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so Jude did help me out a lot in, in that aspect and like just like we would uh travel a lot mm. to like shoot videos like we wouldn't just shoot it in Michigan where he lives or whatever so whenever we were like traveling it would always be like a collab video with like an artist from that city mm. so i'd also connect with that artist and that's just kind of how like i just got connected with everyone and and that was how that's kind of how jude was when he was on his come up right he would just kind of like travel yeah. everywhere travel connect with everyone are you still in mississippi uh yes i am mm. can you spell mississippi um M I S S I S S I P P I I think. I don't know. I'm just asking. <laughs> Incredible. Um so That how would be did, embarrassing. So how did you how did you kind of find Jude and what uh what point did you find Jude and how did that like relationship kind of form? And when you met him, did you say, Hey Jude? <laughs> so it's it's funny because um so um I have a friend, his name's Christian Brading. Um, we're actually from the, we're not from the same town, but we live in the same town. Shout out Christian. Uh, yeah, that's my guy, that's my guy. Um, but I remember me and him were just like doing work um, and stuff. And I, I asked him, I was like, hey, um, this is like around the time of COVID where it's like, it was really hard to get business and stuff. Mm. I was like, hey, um, do you know any artists? that would maybe want like music videos and, and, and content and stuff. And he like sent me a list and I literally just like sent out a mass DM saying, Hey bro, I love your music. I would love to like work for you. <laughs> and Jude just responded and I'm pretty sure he just said like, Oh yeah, sure bro. And it was like, cause my work was trash, but, um, I think I like egged them on for a while, like, "Hey, bro, like, I'll, I'll shoot everything for free. Uh, I, I really want to work or whatever." And then mm. um, after like a couple of months, I did like a few little editing gigs with him, and mm. um, he flew me up there to shoot some stuff uh, for the first time. And then after that, it just kind of clicked. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and. Uh so you were working with, with Christian uh, before Jude. Was that like the first artist you kind of were working with? Yeah, so Christian um, actually did my second ever music video with Christian. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I've, I've just done all of this stuff. What was your first music video? My first music video was with a guy named uh, KK and... Uh, it was featuring a guy named Gifted. So it's still on YouTube. It's on my YouTube, Roz Creative. It's the first ever video. And Was that the classroom one? No, that was a different one. Okay. But When's the last time you watched your first music video? Um, and what sort of emotions does it elicit now? It's quite nostalgic for me, honestly. Like Just like thinking about it, like... When I was shooting it, I was just having, like, I wasn't thinking about it, like, the process at all. I was just, like, kind of enjoying the moment. And then editing it, I was like, 
alright, how can I put the most effects on this video <laughs> to make it look cool or whatever? Oh, yeah. But yeah, I watch it every every now and now again, like, now and then, I mean. but Got you. So, you, uh, I mean, bro, I gotta, gotta give some props to Christian. Christian is an insane, an insane artist that, like, has he he needs so much more recognition than he gets yeah, like, he's it, crazy yeah it, it's insane like just like the way he works and and think and things like that just like how he moves he's not like he's not super bothered by not being the biggest thing right now mm. so he's just working on improving and stuff like that so he, he I seems think we to, work he very well to, together he seems to care more about the art than the numbers, which is a rare thing to find. Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Christian is incredible. The uh, at the time of recording, uh, Airborne video has just dropped. That was nuts. Hey, Crazy video. That was wild, bro. Cause like literally, we weren't gonna shoot a video for it, and I was like, bro, we haven't shot a video in like six months. Like we need to, we need to do something. He was like, oh, let's just shoot the Airborne video, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then. Um, I actually had written up like a super like detailed treatment that was like just like a crazy ambitious idea, but we ended up doing a run again video. Um, and that was crazy. Was that the first video with uh, with your new gimbal? Uh yeah, I think so. Cause the the movements on that whole video are crazy. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, <clears throat> so. Trying to think projects that we've we've worked on together. I feel like, um, what was your like your perspective on that first video we worked on, that Elias video? Because I feel like you didn't know me, I didn't know you. There, I feel like there were, <coughs> were a lot of new people there on that shoot. It was Which a, video was it? Making me look good. Okay. I feel like there was a lot of people on that shoot that like didn't really know each other. It was like a bunch of yeah. new people together for the first time. And what's crazy is uh, a lot of people from that group are like manic homies now yeah facts. so it's like it's crazy that you know we were all i remember on the shoot everyone was kind of like in between takes everyone was kind of in their own little like their, group. their circles yeah and then now it's like we're all homies and stuff so yeah that that was such an interesting thing too because i had like a bunch of you know there were a bunch of people in the crowd shot so i had invited a bunch of a bunch of my homies from Douglasville um, out there to it, and they have all of these artists that are like. Some of them at that point are still just high school kids that don't even have music out, and mm. then now, they're like. I specifically remember, uh, like my my friend Becca. She was there, and she was like, "We went went to Manic in Atlanta." She was like, "Those are all the people from like." That video shoot like a year ago, and they were just like up there performing. I was like, "Yeah." yeah that's- that's just that's how it goes. So I guess this is a good we can we can step back to this video, but this is a good segue real quick. So what break down manic. What is manic for, for those who don't know? Alright, so I started manic uh think uh a little bit over two years ago. Um and it just stemmed from the fact that like um we couldn't like I couldn't try to book my friends for shows like where I live. Hmm. So I was like why don't we just throw our own show? Like, we don't we don't need like a bar, or club, or hmm. or venue to, you know, 
to pay or whatever. But Where was the first show at? The first show was in Gauthier, Mississippi at a community center. Nice. It was crazy because, like, my whole perception of, like, crowd numbers was was off the wall. I thought 100 people would pack out, like, a whole community center. <laughs> that was not the case. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it just... How many, how many people came to that first one? Uh, I would say, like, 50 people. That's maybe. wild because the, uh, the first Atlanta Manic... I mean, we had like what was it one one seventy? Yeah, it like was that? it was up there in, in that range. Uh, but yeah, just the whole spirit of it is just like a bunch of friends hanging out and just showcasing their their music. Uh, basically, it like. And and I I've I've been told by by different people too that like, it now nowadays manic is more of a. Uh, more of like a family-oriented... It's a type of a place that, like, you know, if you want to bring your kids and just see some good music, you can. Exactly. But apparently the first Manics were, were a little... Content-wise, you had some different artists in there. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, just like the first couple of artists that we had on, just like... Those are just my friends at the time. Mm. So, uh, shout out them though. They're cool people. Uh, at the time, no hate to them at all. Uh, we just we just moved on from that um, mm. the whole thing. But yeah. all right, hear me out. Hear me out. Pitch for you. Oh, Manic Nights. He speaks. Stand up comedy edition. <laughs> Well, we, we kind of did that with the with the VIP facts. <laughs> meet and greet. Yeah, the the whole Q and A. That was the first time you'd done that, right? Yeah, that was the first time. I thought it would be hilarious. And uh, it ended up there were there were more artists on the stage than there were people in the crowd. Nice. The VIP tickets, and it turned into like thirty minutes of everyone just clowning each other, essentially. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta watch back that footage again. It's so entertaining. And then it, at one point, it was just like everyone just ganging up on Hylum's dad, just clowning him, and he was going right back at it with that all of them. Sounds about right. It was so funny. But all right, so so we'll, we'll from there, it's kind of slide back to that. Where um, I'm trying to think of things that we've worked on together. Um, we've, uh, I mean, the biggest one I think we've worked on was Clear My History. Oh yeah. So, bro, what the heck happened on that one? Yeah, so let's let's go a little story who, time on who dropped the ball. <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Craven with that aperture light. Oh yeah. So so shout out Ben, shout out Ben. We ben, love we love Ben. We love Ben, but uh, ben, ben, ben. we're we're about to flame you a little bit. <laughs> um, so my one of my personal favorite parts of that shoot, uh, it was a three day shoot, um, in Atlanta. We had a B and B. It was it was it was a, the real deal. We had cine cameras, the whole thing it was nuts. What did Elias did like what like twenty six hundred DoorDashes to pay for that? Like some absurd Tw- 2, number. Twenty six hundred DoorDash deliveries to pay for that music. Video. Yeah, so he had a little bit of budget. There. And that's not even counting what he did on Uber Eats, which is probably about half of that. I wasn't sure what you were gonna say after. That's not even counting what he did and knowing Elias. I was really scared that that was gonna be a legal activity. Like whatever he did to provide the rest of the money for that? Nah, he 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 didn't. Elias is a good child. I vouch. 
I, look, I love Elias. Not a good child. <laughs> love you, buddy. Um, so we uh, we got like we rent lights, we rent cine cameras, the whole thing. And so Ben is uh, Ben is doing our lights and gear and all that stuff. Um, and so we um, we go to set up this light. It's a we rent this Aperture 300D Mark II, absurdly powerful light. Ben has used one before, but Ben, I, I think his church has a few of them, but the church leaves them set up so they don't have the protective covers on them. Mm. So Ben goes to set this thing up, and he sees the protective cover on it, and he goes, ah, extra diffusion. Mm. <laughs> like, Which, to be fair, was he wrong? Was he wrong? Technically, and, no. Yeah. And, in yeah. a way... It yes, does diffuse the no. light. Yeah. But no, so he goes, he leaves it on, and he was like, yeah. Because, uh, you know, in his defense, the only, there's a tiny fine print line that is about this big that is the same color plastic as the rest of it that says remove before use. It's tiny. I mm. completely understand if you didn't see that. That mm. makes sense. And so he leaves it on for the first take, or the first, like, scene, which is the performance takes. So we have, like, four-ish hours that we have that light on. And as soon as he sets it up, we also put a giant like soft diffuse in front of it. It's like a four by four. It's covering it up. So we can't see that the cover is on it, mm. that it's being covered. And it's, it's lighting, it's doing its thing, mm. whatever. What lights do. It's doing what lights do. And, uh, and so what we're filming, and this whole time too, this Airbnb has a 75 decibel limit so if you get over 75 decibels or whatever in noise essentially if you throw a party you will get kicked out or whatever mm. and so we have a whole drum kit an entire <laughs> band in this kitchen and you can hear it like a couple houses down and all of a sudden during one of the takes we just hear a knock on the door and like there's hide the drums there's no hiding what's going on we have the windows blacked out there's like C stands everywhere. There's no hiding. We open the door and we're like, uh, or we're about to open it, and we see the guy has his phone out, and we're like, oh no, he's filming this too. We're done for. Mm. And so we start trying to like cover up as many things as we can. We open the door, and the guy's like, yeah, I'm just here to fix the door lock. We're like, <laughs> okay. And we started to kind of wait around on this guy, and we're like, kind of waiting on him to leave to like do the next take, and then he just looks mm. over, he's like. Nah, he's like, do y'all do y'all's thing? I I heard y'all outside. It was it was going great. Have at it. And we were just like, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> and so we well, just kept rolling. And he was just jamming while he was fixing the door. What's funny about that as well, without being too explicit, the entire music video for Clear My History is sort of a double entendre. But but yeah. And so after we go to break down that set, we're like, all right, time to go move on to the other shots. I go to, I walk by the giant softbox thing or whatever, and I just smell something. And I'm like, I doesn't smell right. And I was like, Ben, come see if you can figure out what that smell is, whatever. Finally, we, we can't figure out what it is. We assume, because we had to cook a pizza for the shot. We assume it's like some cheese burning in the oven or something because of the pizza. Because mm. we are in the kitchen of this Airbnb. Yeah. And then as we take down the light, he flips off the light and I look at it. And I just see this cover has this burned hole in it that is like this long and like that wide. And it's like dripped down and like crusted <laughs> over. Um, and I just go, 
uh, Ben? And he goes, what? And he walks around and he looks at it. He's like, oh, no. And he literally <laughs> like looks around before anyone else notices. And he goes, I thought it was extra diffusion. <laughs> it's like, don't tell anybody till like after I leave or something. Like, <laughs> I thought Pro- it was extra diffusion. Protect my dignity. And we took it off. It ended up cracking the actual glass on the light. And it was like singed. It was like brown all the way down Jeez. the glass crack. And we we're like, you know what? We just have to send it in and like we send it back. And I, I sent it back and I was like, ah, the glass was cracked. Just let me know what we need to pay for this. And they just never hit me back. Oh, nice. And I talked to somebody about it at customer service. I was like, yo, what do you think? Are they going to hit me back about this? Like, And he was just like, if they haven't hit you back by now, you're in the clear. I hope like two years from now you finally get an email. Just get like, get, an in, get like an invoice for like here's your damage twelve hundred bucks. And they're like they have late fees on there too. Apparently they sent it out months and months ago. You go bankrupt because of Ben and his diffusion. I kept the light cover too because I knew if I sent it back, they would know what happened. So I kept it, and they were like, yeah, uh, we're going to charge you a, a $10 fee because the light cover is missing. And I was just like, oh, where could it be? $10 you said? Here you go. There you go. <laughs> Small price to pay for, you know, salvation. <laughs> so so later on down that shoot, there was a little bit of, little bit of, a, of a mishap. Um, a mishap. Run, run through. You that. call that a mishap? <laughs> run through that from your perspective. My ears. Uh, you said a premiere perspective. From no, from your perspective. Oh, oh, how, that, yeah. how, how that whole thing went down. Um. So. And then I'll defend how, myself. How would you tell it from a premiere like perspective? I'm just curious. You just explain it in a more exquisite way. Media you know? encoding, import footage. <laughs> okay. Timeline so, set up. Um. Uh, when it first happened, I, I had no idea what was going on. Everyone was kind of like scrambling. So I just get. Oh, weren't you asleep or something? No, I was in the um, I was in the video village just chilling. Uh, I, I just remember when we were freaking out about it. Elias specifically looked at me and he was like, don't. Like, let's not tell Roz about this until we're, like, certain what the situation is. Yeah, we don't need to unnecessarily freak him out. Uh, yeah. So what was the first thing that you, you heard when you knew about it? So I'm pretty sure Elias came in and he was like, hey, um, we don't have the footage from the <laughs> everything we shot on the other car. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then... Like a minute or two later, Dalton's coming in the in the video village, scrambling, trying to find software to to recover the the files and and whatnot. And I'm just so like, so what happened exactly? Like the files just weren't showing up on this memory card. So to tech to technologically break down how this works. Yeah, dumb it down for me. Um, I always use Sandisk Sandisk memory cards. Mm. The only other time I've used a Lexar card, which is what we're using in this scenario. Mm. Not to like trash a brand, but like L. I would um, never use Lexar. I'm never using Lexar. Uh, so I was like, for the uninformed viewer, don't use Lexar. Never use a Lexar memory card in a camera. Um, Just don't do it. But so the only other time I've used a Lexar was on the Christmas special. Nice. And if you recall, we'll be covering we, that in December. <laughs> if you recall, 
we had an instance with the Christmas special. I think where, you're right. Where footage yeah. corrupted. I do remember that. Um, so what it is... Much I, smaller scale. <laughs> I always use SanDisk cards. They're always great. You can yank them out of whatever without ejecting them. They do fine. You can do whatever. And so I... A lot of times I never eject the card when I'm working on just super small projects. Now, if I'm working on an important thing, I always eject it. I do the proper protocol. If I'm just making like reels for the nerd social media stuff, I don't do that. And so I've made specific, you know, care to make sure every time I pull this card out of this camera or out of this, the, you know, if it's out of the camera, I made sure I've completely stopped recording. If I'm pulling it out of the laptop, I've made sure I've ejected it and waited on it to finish. Like, I'm taking no chances with this big budget video. Mm-hmm. We're all down by the street. And um, while we're down by the street, we realize we didn't have a card in the camera. And so the shot's entirely set up. And I don't remember, it was Ben, Justice, somebody. I think it was either, no, it was either Justice or Garrett, somebody. I don't know. I said, yo, run up to the, run up to the house. The card's still on my computer. Just grab the card and come back down here. I didn't think about the fact that eject the card i you know and i just told her just grab it out of the thing well we grab it out of the thing we start shooting uh we shoot our our few takes Mm -hmm. get back inside to look at the takes i open the memory card the files are there but they're all zero bytes Ooh. there are no thumbnails and when you open which means they're empty when you open them with anything they say unable to open whatever but when i look at the storage on the card the like the storage is still being taken up mm. so like these however many 128 gigs or whatever are being used so i'm like they're there i don't know where they are whatever um and so i end up going through like the deep ends of youtube i find these super sketchy file recovery programs and i find out that is a very common issue with lexar cards specifically mm. when you pair a lexar card with a black magic camera they are known to do that. They also do this thing where it, um, if the memory card's write speed can't keep up with the footage, you end up getting essentially clips that are like three, frame. three frames a second. They like, And mm. so half of our footage from earlier in the day that we had already backed up was choppy like that. Yeah. And, so annoying in the editing process too. And something else I looked up, Apparently the chopping the choppy frames because the write speeds were correct, but the chopping frames, when uh, even when you have a write spec card, is essentially foreshadowing that the format is going to corrupt like the whole thing. So if I would have noticed, if we would have like scrubbed through all that footage earlier and seen that, we could have predicted that, but we just didn't have time to because of the yeah. schedule we had laid out so like those were just unusable at that point. that entire Recovering card was gone Man. five so we all the stuff we had shot earlier in the day we had skip like skipping skipping frames we had to deal with and then after that like five hours with the shooting gone mm. all of it so with it with it skipping the frames like that we if we would have taken the time to look and see that like it was doing that we could have predicted that saved the footage but we mm. didn't because of how rushed we were that day um so yeah so all the we had to edit through well you had to edit through all of the choppy frames oh man um that was not fun 
So that whole thing was just unusable at that point. Yeah. Man. So basically, we have super choppy footage that you have to edit through from the earlier part of the day. And then we have five hours worth of footage that we've shot that's just gone. Completely formatted. Bye-bye. Like three whole scenes, gone. And it's dark now. Those are daytime shots. And the next day, we have scenes already planned out for the entire day. Mm-hmm. Some of these people are flown in from literally like the West Coast. Like we only have the camera rentals until like a certain day. We're like pretty much just toasted. And we finally sit down and go, all right, this was a sunset shot. If we wake up at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> yep. we can shoot, we can reshoot this. If we cram five hours of shooting into about an hour and a half, we can, we can do this, but it'll be the sunrise rather than the sunset. But you know, we don't, no, no one, one will no, know. no one's gonna know. No one's gonna like do the math of oh well, it looks like they're facing east um, right now. Actually, <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, all right. And so me and Ben have to go get, uh, we had to go get some Sandisk cards because we're not using the Lexar ones again. Mm. So me and Ben at like m- midnight. No, it was like one in the morning. We drive from the B and B in Atlanta all the way back out here to my house. Go to come like get some stuff. And while we're here getting stuff, we both fall asleep. So, like, Ben fell asleep watching YouTube. He was watching, like, I think car crash compilations on YouTube. Ben's kind of a psychopath. I fell asleep putting my shoes on. Hmm. And I was sitting on the floor, just the hardwood floors. I just fell asleep. Woke up at, like, 3, 3.30, something like that. We end up heading back to Atlanta. We get back to the B&B super, super late. Uh, I get like an hour of sleep before we have to wake up at literally like before dawn to get these yeah. clips going. Everyone is hating being awake. Like everyone. And it's like, it's one of those things that like, ultimately it wasn't really anybody's fault. But it every, was your fault. But everyone's mad at me about, about say, it. But also, who, it's, brought, <laughs> who brought the Lexar? Ben. It's it's everything that happened on that shoot is Ben's fault because Ben brought the Lexar. Mm, well, like Lexar aren't, Lexar aren't that good. Am I right? Uh-oh. Knee slapper. I'm hilarious. Got him. Uh, he's single, ladies. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Stop advertising that. <laughs> DM me and I will give you his number. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I will. Um, anyways. Um, so, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we, we end up reshooting all of that content in like an hour and a half, which was easier than I thought it was going to be because we'd already set up the scenes. We'd already figured out the way the lights were going to go and everything. So it was pretty much just a type thing. But it was really, really uh, annoying. Um, And yeah, and everyone was like mad at me about it. Like even though it wasn't really anyone's fault, all of the like pressure and attention was on me. It was easy. It was easy to blame it on you. I'm I'm curious if you would still hold to that it was no one else's fault if it was someone else who had pulled the cards out. What do you mean? If like Ben had pulled the cards out, if would you be like, well, even no, it wasn't really anyone's fault. Well, even then, even if he would have ejected it, it would have corrupted. It would have still done that anyway. So I don't even Mm. think it was the not ejecting it that did it. From what I was reading on a forums page, it was putting it back into the black magic. Is what did it, and it's all—it's honestly better that it corrupted when it did rather than later on. 
Facts. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, some of that, some of the footage we got that next day ended up looking better anyway because the sun was behind us rather than in front of us. Yeah, that's true. Um, so ultimately, I think it ended up looking better, but um, it was just kind of a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. And like after that, after the shoot, literally like Elias like pulled me aside. He was like, "Sorry that we like all collectively just like put this on you and clowned you because like." We just needed to get it out, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that that fair yeah, enough." We're all tired, and yeah. the blame game is very easy to play when you're delusional. Mm. Facts, facts. All right. all right, so that wraps up. Clear, say, wraps up that wraps up clear my history. So real quick, run us through uh, what is up next for Manic and Roz Creative. Where are you going? What are you trying to do with with things? Mm. Manic. Um, so. I'm thinking of doing uh, a new format for Manic. Stand-up um, comedy. He thought of it not 30 minutes ago. Okay, okay. When a man <laughs> whispered in his ear, named Charlie. So I'm thinking of doing two... Um, so I'm going to split the year into thirds. So the first third of the year is going to be a traditional Manic Nights. And then the 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 back half third or whatever it's going to be the traditional manic night so one in the spring one in the fall and mm. then in the summer we're going to have this thing called manic weekend mm. where it's like a festival but not really so like on friday we'll have like basketball tournament like uh freestyle thing or something like mm. that like just some like community thing and then Saturday, you know, obviously we'll have the show. And then Sunday, like a like a barbecue thing, mm. like hangout, pool party, whatever. Mm. Summer summer vibes with like a the DJ. Yeah. Johnny does like a show. Yeah, like yeah, a like, a, like a like a pool like house show or something. Yeah. It'd be crazy. So you should, you should get a you should get some sort of a maybe have like a pre voting process. This is a wild idea. Have like you know how the, each group of artists has their little like mini studios and their B and Bs and stuff. Mm. They need to do is you need to like vote a certain like there's like four artists, and each artist gets to pick like a producer, and they essentially have to go back to their studios. They have like an hour or two hours to make a song. They come back and they all bring their finished product, and it's like people get to vote on what the best one is or something like that. I feel like that'd be crazy. Yeah. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. One last pitch. One last pitch. Okay. 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 Manic Nights Holiday Edition. It's nothing but Christmas Carol covers. <laughs> maybe, maybe for the uh, for the Friday night karaoke we're gonna yeah. do. I'm just saying, Elias's I rendition mean, of Santa Baby needs to be heard. I just know after after seeing <laughs> after seeing Manic Seven close with Femi Jalen. I know Roz is open to experimentation. <laughs> yes, I am. As long as we're having fun, I, I don't really care. So, yeah, that's kind of my plan with Manic for the next year. And as for me and my company, uh, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. I'm not going to say I'm going to do content other than just putting out work because that never happens. <laughs> so, fair. Uh, Maybe BTS video. I don't hmm. know yet. Nice. I, I want to do it, but just I need to get some employees. That is, yeah, employees are are great. 
They help with your sanity. <laughs> they, they help to break it faster. Uh, That's also true. But yeah, hopefully just like... Uh, oh, I will say I am starting a clothing brand uh, next year. All right. Let's go. Um, it will be very exclusive like it's not i'm not gonna do like a merch thing where i'm dropping every month or whatever it's like i'll drop every once in a while and it'll be like exclusive stuff so mm. but yeah that's that's my plans with manic and ross creative so fantastic incredible well, Dalton, any, well, any closing uh, thoughts i just uh appreciate uh having you on here you yes. know i look forward to having you back soon uh we will uh Next time something crazy happens, you know, you have some video do crazy, crazy numbers or there's some absurd manic thing. When we got something big to talk about yeah, in the yeah. life of Ross Creative, we will Maybe the next time Ross's pulse will rise above two beats a minute. This is true. This yeah. is true. I thought Brian was going to be the chillest guest we ever had, but apparently, no. apparently not. All right. Uh, thus closes another episode of Nerds with a Creative Podcast, the only podcast capable of turning lemonade back into lemons. Thanks for watching, everybody.